welcome to the latest podcast from the Recruitment and Employment Confederation. We're bringing you the latest updates and insights from the world of recruitment to help you navigate these challenging times. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the REC podcast as we explore the many issues that uh, recruiters are facing as they uh, tackle the coronavirus crisis. We've looked at all sorts of things from legal uh, challenges through to some of the government schemes and, uh, and questions of how you manage your cash flow. But one of the most important things for all recruiters is the impact that this is having on us as individuals, but also on our staff and thinking about the people issues that the crisis raises. So I'm very pleased this afternoon to be joined by Rhonda D'Ambrosio, who many of you will know as an uh, an expert in mental health, particularly in the recruitment industry. And we're gonna have a chat through this podcast about some of the things that should be on business leaders' minds as we think about mental health and the impact of this crisis. Before we start, a quick update, a couple of things to note since the last edition of the podcast. Firstly, new guidance on the government's job retention scheme that came out on Saturday morning. It's all up on the REC COVID hub on our website at rec.uk.com. Uh, some really interesting things in there, particularly around the removal of the commission exclusion. So regular and contractual commission is now covered by the scheme. So well worth taking a look at that. And also some good news just uh, just on Monday morning about uh, the uh, about uh, the business rates exemption, which has now been extended to include employment businesses uh, where they normally welcome members of the public into the office, whether that office is currently closed or not. So two uh, potentially good news points there for uh, recruiters to get across via, as I say, the REC COVID hub. Now, let's turn to the topic for today, which is uh, around mental health. And Rhonda, I'm really pleased to welcome you to the pod. Why don't you start by saying a bit about how uh, mental health as a topic has become more and more prevalent in terms of business thinking for recruiters over the last few years? Hello, Neil. Thanks very much. And um, it's great to be here. Um, Mental health in recruitment over the last, I'd say, 12 to 18 months has become more of a burning topic. As we start leaning towards understanding how discretionary effort can impact the workplace. Um, so it's something that I've certainly seen becoming more of a theme in terms of how recruitment business leaders and how HR professionals can support in the workplace and how looking at wellbeing policy and mental health can you know, not only benefit the business, but is also that people first right thing to do. The situation that we find ourselves in at the moment with regards to the pandemic creates a very interesting dynamic in terms of the conversations and and the almost the, the advice and knowledge that we're given from the health and safety executive so if if i can explain about that Typically, most people now understand that we talk about one in four individuals um, having a common mental health disorder at any one time, and that it's classed as either stress, anxiety or depression. And if you look at the stats for um, mental health issues in the workplace, that sits at at about one in six. We're now in this sort of very um, unusual and unique time whereby uh, home and work is moulding together. So, I think there's going to be some confusion as to, you know, where that responsibility sits and recruitment business leaders and, um, you know, owners as such may have to question the duty of care that presents itself in terms of the obligations that are extended to mental health um, and, and how that may 
be impacted adversely. And I think that's the the conversation and the topics that I've been talking about um, in the last two weeks. The fact that we are, as um, an industry, responding so proactively and so positively to what's going on there's there are some great success stories and what we're seeing out there is we're seeing people looking at a creative approach to market looking at ways in which their businesses can flourish or can um you know cope with the pressures that it's now under and in a in, in almost in a scientific um look at that in itself, what we're seeing is our reaction and our, our survival instincts kicking in. So typically when that happens, um, you know, we look at, right, what is what is the immediate threat and how can we respond to it? And I think the question that's raising itself for me is, you know, it's brilliant. We are we are doing that fear based reaction to right. How do we stabilize the ship? How do we, um, you know, look after the business? How do we look after the economy and everything else? But what we're not quite addressing right now beyond the physical um, aspect of COVID-19 is is the mental aspect. So the way in which I typically explain that when we're talking about survival instincts and fear and everything else, it's it's like um, when you're on a, on, a, on a plane and you're going on holiday and the cabin crew come along and they'll talk to you about, you know, putting your own safety mask on should you need to ahead of looking after the children or anyone around you. I think if we're going to look at being um, or getting through the situation in a long term um, measure or, or at least within the next two to six weeks, we're going to have to look at laying a good foundation for our mental health and for that and those of our employees. Um, because the almost a novelty factor um, for want of a better description of working from home and remote working for those that don't do it will wear off and there will be some different challenges that present themselves and that um, fear and anxiety of not knowing what is happening will will present itself in some way or some form and I think that's when I talk about that combination of the one in four statistic and the one in six becoming very very present we need to address it and we need to do that not as a reactive measure but as a proactive measure that's really interesting and in some ways i've talked a lot and i may have already said it on this podcast so apologies to listeners if they've heard it before about how the crisis amplifies some things we already know if you go back to the recruitment industry you know certainly i started in uh which is you know well over 20 years ago now it had a certain reputation which was you had your targets and you were driven really hard and um, as you uh, and as you delivered them, you got big reward. But of course, in many ways, that kind of structure is less uh, sustainable. We all know that control of work is a really important uh, factor in terms of people feeling that it's sustainable. Um, and some of the shift that certainly I've seen amongst uh, our employ uh, our uh, recruitment business members over the uh, over the couple of years since I've been at the REC has been much more towards, well, what is a, the basis of sustainable high performance rather than high performance this week, this month? Um, and certainly that's been a driving force in that push towards thinking much more clearly about mental health uh, before this crisis. And, and certainly you're right that um, this uh, COVID-19 crisis has just amplified all of that. In terms of good practice and 
getting people focused on long-term sustainable sustainability because of course we don't know how long we're going to be in this state for what are some of the best things you've seen recruitment business owners doing in terms of making sure they look after themselves and then look after their uh, employees that's a really good question um, and there's lots out there actually and i think if i start with um, a, a caveat to that and or, or almost um or a prelude so to speak the, the issue that we face now when we are working remotely is we don't have those visible signals. So um, ordinarily, if you are in a conventional working space and you're surrounded by people, um, you know, even if you, you don't have a well-being policy or even if you, you know, you aren't monitoring um for things like stress and anxiety, you you can pick up on some of the visual clues. And I think what we're lacking right now is that understanding of oh how do I notice if somebody's working for me that's a, that is um, feeling the, the pressure of this the stress and anxiety and we're we're in a situation whereby we have this very very British and it's it's fantastic to a degree mentality of look we're all feeling this we're all in it together and um, whilst that rallying the troops can be you know really beneficial in terms of leadership and I'll come on to that in a second you know the the only issue for that in terms of individual mental health is that it doesn't give people a platform to really you know talk about what they may or they may not be struggling with so I'll talk about some of the the good things that I'm seeing and then I'll, I'll talk about some of the things that perhaps um, individuals can look out for or can or can think about doing. Um, I've seen some really really good clear leadership, some examples of businesses that are you know really doing the best to be transparent and remove that fear and anxiety. Um, in some fantastic messaging from a, a recruitment business that I saw last week, you know they talked about the fact that you know yes there is a, a furloughing situation right here and right now, and individuals do have to be furloughed. However, you know they're doing that so that the business can move forward. And just because you may have been furloughed, that doesn't mean that you're not contributing to the success of the business. So um, if you've heard me talk or if any any of the listeners have heard me talk about brain chemistry before, I tie this into really good leadership. So by being very clear with your expectations as leaders, um, you know, that removes an element of doubt. And I think that having that model of communication throughout the remote working practice is going to really you know, it will lean towards creating or at least replicating that culture that you may be lacking. So there's some really good, um, yeah, good businesses out there that are, you know, setting clear expectations, communicating with their employees, including them in some of the decisions um, and looking for ways in which to be what I would class as fit for purpose. So giving them tools, giving them, um, you know, ideas of, of things that they should be doing, when to take breaks, for example, um, and giving them support of various um, places of information. Um, and, and, and interestingly, I know I've talked to you very briefly about the programme that I've been involved in in the last um, couple of weeks. I've had my head down working with a team of four other individuals across the globe to create um, a wellbeing app uh, specific to what it is that we're dealing with right now um, to build resilience through adversity. Um, and it's the, the, the really interesting piece for me and the learning that 
I've come to is there is so much information out there that employers can give their their teams and individuals and so on. Yet it's scattered. You know, the the, the Google and uh, you know the the web is fantastic as a resource, but we can kind of exacerbate our feelings of stress and anxiety and become very very overwhelmed when we don't know where we're looking for things so when we were looking at how kite support could be a really really good tool the idea was that we could pull all this science related um, information into one place to give people practical um, tips to work through so you know I've, I've seen some recruitment businesses use other tools out there I don't think they're doing it as much as they should Neil if I'm being honest I don't think there's as much out there or it's just not the priority I think the priority for recruitment business leaders right now is right how do we batten down the hatches how do we stabilize the business how do we make sure that we're stable as a as an organized you know as a, as a business ahead of maybe looking at this type of support for their for their people and, and that's what I'd like to see change as you know. So I think that's really interesting because what you've given us over the course of the discussion that we've been having is a, is a simple but not simplistic playbook. Um, if I think about as leaders making space and time so that you're making decisions from a good place and not in a sort of not in a flight scenario, um, so that you're making your decisions in a re- in a uh, with a rested mind, that you're giving time to your communications, uh, that you're being open and transparent in how you do that, and that you're not over communicating or you giving people a forest of data. Certainly, something when we think about how we're supporting REC members at the moment, one of the reasons we created the COVID hub is that that we have everything in one place. We've noticed a really interesting trend that the COVID hub is getting huge usage, far higher than anything we've ever seen at the REC before on the website. And yet our open rates on emails haven't gone up because, of course, email inboxes are just forests of emails that people are struggling to work their way through at a time like this. So really clear signposting seems to be uh, important and helpful. And then clearly a lot of this is also about making sure you do the people decisions with the business decisions and you don't pick up the pieces afterwards. That to me seems like a really clear uh, set of uh, um, set of agenda points for a business leader thinking about how to do this well. And it's probably best summed up by something you said earlier on about visual cues, that caveat you gave us, where, um, you know, you, we do as business leaders probably need to tolerate on our Teams meetings, our Zoom meetings, um, a greater degree of social chit chat than we would in a normal meeting in uh, in the office, because frankly, people don't have the space and time to do that. Um, and making sure that those social connections are still there, of course, does also give us a, a chance to see those visual cues, those uh, spoken cues for where people aren't quite in the place where they should be and that we can do something about it and not just leave it to the EAP. Is that fair, Rhonda? Is there anything you'd want to choose, you'd want to leave listeners with in addition to that? And as you uh, do that, just remind us where they can... Uh, uh, find out about the uh, kite program you're working on. Yeah, I think that is it. it, it that is fair, um, Neil. I think um, as well as maybe trying to put more in place by way of policy, um, 
looking at mental health awareness and looking at what those cues could mean in their remote working environments would be key. You know, you're looking for some sort of basic signs of stress in the team, such as sort of arguments, more sickness, absence, to, to decrease performance, the stuff that you would normally be, as I said before, um, probably aware of if you were in a conventional space. But on an individual basis, you know, people's feelings and emotions change. So, you you know, you do have mood swings and you do have that um, being withdrawn and lack of motivation and commitment. So maybe it's that, you know, really considering what what can we do as an organisation to pick up on some of these things? Do we have to change some of our one-to-one structures? If we go back to um, the reference I made around um, the health and safety executive and um, a good friend and colleague of mine, employment law expert Paul Marsh you know he was he was talking to me the other day and we, we were saying that you know with that ongoing duty of care obligation um, that does extend out to mental health you know it can lead to grievances and constructive dismissal and in, and disability in some cases you know and so it's that balance of going back to what I said do we want to react or do we want to be proactive to make sure that doesn't happen um so yes uh kite support in uh, in summary there is more information that can be found on on the website which is www.kitesupportapp.com well thank you very much Rhonda thanks for joining us I think some really interesting uh thoughts there about the playbook that we have as business leaders and business owners to navigate our, both our own and our team's mental health challenges at a time like this. Um, coming back to that concept of making sure we're setting people uh, goals that they can get their arms around, putting them in situations where they know where they stand. I think those things about building up people's sense of perceived control of their situation and their ability to contribute to you and your business uh, is absolutely the right thing to do in terms of uh, that duty of care, care under the Health and Safety at Work Act. But actually also, is, uh, as Rhonda said right at the top of the pod, is about uh, accessing that discretionary effort, that motivation that, of course, when you're not all together, you don't have very traditional management tools to, to get to. So there's a productivity piece there as well, especially as we get through the very difficult next few weeks and into hopefully something of an upturn in the in the economy. Well, thank you, Rhonda, for joining us. Uh, thank you all for, for listening. I'll just close by saying again that all of the REC support is best accessed through our COVID hub at rec.uk.com. We put as much as we can up there open access. And also we've got uh, our at Recruitment and Employment Confederation feed on LinkedIn and our at Rec members feed on Twitter, where we're pushing things out as quickly as we possibly can. Uh, I'm afraid, as you'd expect in the in these times, a legal helpline is taking 300 to 400% as many calls as they would normally. We can deal with your uh, requests more quickly if you go first to the hub and just check out whether your answers are there. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again on the REC pod. Thank you for listening. We hope you found this episode helpful. Head to our COVID-19 hub on www.rec.uk.com forward slash COVID-19 for the latest guidance on managing your business during these unprecedented times.